0: welcome everybody to the real dad's movie podcast a real podcast about real movies by fake dads uh, I'm your host, Jordan Smith. Um, actually, co-host, I should say. I'm joined here today for the very first time ever in person. It's Roger Branstetter with me in his humble abode. What's up, Rog? We're in the studio. It's incredible. I can't believe we made it. <laughs> we, we made it. COVID's no longer a thing. We've outlasted it. We've survived. Um, I'm just kidding. We are just both vaccinated and healthy and tested and... That's what everybody should be doing. Uh, we are coming at you today because we have both gotten to Being the Ricardos, a movie that's got a couple Oscar nominations working for it right now, uh, written and directed by an Oscar-nominated uh, and winning, question mark, writer-slash-director Aaron Sorkin. Um, I think he won for Social Network. Yes. That sounds about right. Not director. Writer. Yeah, writing, which is Aaron Sorkin's strong point. That's the only thought I had about in this movie. Um, Roger, what worked well for you?
1: Uh, well, I like the script a lot. Uh, it wasn't as Sorkin-y as A Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, which I think probably helps it for most viewers. Um, I remember watching that. With Katie, and she like looked at her phone for five seconds and was lost because Aaron Sorkin. Um, then all the acting performances like is obviously the Academy recognized Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, but across the board, all the acting performances were really good. And that story is not necessarily one that I think that I knew anything about, and it, pr- it was lost to history. A little bit at least for younger generations i'm sure our parents probably knew something about it
0: yeah i'm sure it was definitely on their radar because as you've heard in the movie uh several times if you've watched it they mention i love lucy i think it was only on like 34 36 episodes at this point in time in the story and then they're like 60 million people watched. uh what's her name lucy <laughs> lucy have a baby uh for that episode and i'm like those numbers do not come about uh anymore and i'm sure our parents or their parents have some sort of idea um oh we've got some cats in the studio
1: if you hear errant purring meowing or scratching or hissing uh it's not Jordan. <laughs>
0: not at this moment at least Um, I think the thing that worked the best for me about being the Ricardos is I I feel like I figured out pretty early on what the Academy saw in the movie Um, it's a pretty traditional like this is a movie about Hollywood and producing uh, entertainment whether that's TV or movies that uh, the Academy has tended to like over the years whether that's La La Land, or um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I feel like I'm missing one from last year that was right in my wheelhouse. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, for God's sake, the black and white one,
0: Mank. Yeah, there it Yeah, Mank, which was definitely in like in my bag. I loved that movie too. Um, so going into it and being a few minutes in, I figured out like, oh, I get why they like this. Like J.K. Simmons is fucking hilarious. He's very funny and um, Javier Bardem, probably the least interesting character in the movie for me and then um, Nicole Kidman made Lucy very very likable. Um, I found myself like rooting for her a lot even if she was a little bit um, a little bit stoic in her performance a little dry and stony Uh, I I still thought it worked pretty well. Um, What didn't work for me was the jumping around uh, part of it, which is like, I'm sure Sorkin had that outlined very well in the script, but uh, him and his direction is just not as good as his writing.
1: No, it's not. I'm sure the screenplay was immaculate. Uh, I think he... uh, Okay, so some things that did not work for me, I didn't... Like, I like J.K. Simmons... I did not think he deserves a supporting actor for this particular movie. Uh,
0: Especially since he already has a statue for supporting actor. Like, he doesn't. We don't need him in there.
1: We could put someone else in. Um, The other part, I guess it is a little bit screenplay, but it felt like Aaron Sorkin is trying to do, like, 50 things and, like, say 10 different statements about life and Hollywood and politics, and he kind of didn't really land any of the planes so there was one commentary about race, there's one about women, there was one about unions, there's one about it just goes on and on and I don't think that really many of the points stuck other than that Lucille Ball was an uh insane talent and that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, like was way bigger than anything that we have today in terms of just like uh impact on a per household basis.
0: Yeah, I mean it it did do a pretty good job of Tackling things that were going on during that specific time period whether that's um, the treatment of women on television or Lucy being a woman at this time period and being so powerful that she has to watch out for her husband's ego and make sure he's placated (laughs) in every uh, business decision that they make so that was pretty well done but I don't know I, I, I think that Sorkin gets a little he gets a little bit in his own bag when he's directing a movie I I think he should just stick to writing um do you think any? or we already talked about J.K. Simmons and I like him I think I liked him best in the movie because I just like J.K. Simmons and he Mm -hmm. provided some levity uh but the other nominations best actor and actress for Kidman do you think those are valid?
1: oh yeah I feel like Nicole Kidman is going to win um she was great and she's playing a well-liked Hollywood figure or at least Hollywood adjacent figure. Uh, Lucille balls on TV. Um, I feel pretty good about that like it's not a mortal lock but I mean I haven't seen any of the other movies so this could be completely talking out of my own ass but I feel like that was just a really good performance. Um, I liked Javier Bardem's performance a lot. He, so a thing that Katie noticed that I did not necessarily notice was that Javier Bardem is just like the sexiest man alive, and I think Desi Arnaz probably was that for a certain generation. And to cast Javier to cast Javier in that role is uh, a pretty good move, and I liked it a lot. I don't know if he'll win, um, mostly because Cody Smith mcVee is pretty pretty damn good in Power of the Dog. Yeah, I think.
0: Um, Cody Smith-McPhee is locking that down. Um, I think I, I do push back on Javier Bardem in the role, just because uh, mostly for off-set, off-camera stuff that, you know, it's not—that um, it doesn't affect Nicole Kidman or Aaron Sorkin directly, necessarily. But it's, it's the idea that— um, Javier Bardem, who's a Spaniard, cast as Desi Arnaz, who's a Cuban. um, When, uh, like, I get it. They want two very well-known people in the roles, so they can't just go and always find a Cuban actor. But at the same time, they it does have to be recognized that those are like two very different groups of people. um, Especially (laughs) Javier Bardem. I don't know if anybody saw this, but he went on like some sort of diatribe at like a presser about being a minority as a Spanish actor and it, I mean you speak Spanish that does not make you Latino or Spain is a colonizing country so I I think he needs to chill with the old I know what it's like to be a minority uh, part of that so um, plus Javier Bardem is probably like fifth on the list for best actor right now. Um, I think it's a two man race between Will Smith and Benny Cumberbatch
1: yeah I don't really want to touch Javier's off the field activity that's just weird I don't know He's com- the weird thing is that he's complaining about like there not being any roles about Spanish people and the only one that comes to mind for me is um, Maximus and Gladiator <laughs> played by an Australian so I don't really know what the heck. Uh,
0: Vicky Cristina <laughs> Barcelona, he was literally in that movie. Well, I didn't see it, dang. Um, M- me neither, but it's it's a Woody Allen movie, so I don't expect anybody to watch it. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a good beat on Best Actor yet. I need to see more movies, but uh, Javier is... I like him and everything he's in. I kind of just
0: wish he wouldn't have said some weird shit. <laughs> Let me see here. I, Javier Bardem already has his statue anyway. Um he has it for No Country for Old Men, so it's. It, I'm not shedding any tears if he is not going to uh, get close to winning it here. Um, let me see here. As far as Best Actress goes, I can see them getting Nicole Kidman in there. The, re- the rest of the list is kind of a uh, either movies that nobody's seen or nobody, movies that nobody likes. So... Um Penelope Cruz. Um nobody has really seen Parallel Mothers yet, and she's nominated for Best Actress in that. Um Penelope Cruz, who happens to be Javier Bardem's wife, so that's that'll probably be a fun red carpet for them. Um Spencer is on Hulu right now, I still gotta check that out. Um The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I'm told that's all but a skip. Um and Olivia Coleman The Lost Daughter, again, love Olivia Coleman. She's already got like a pair of statues in her house right now, and the uh, the army of gold men that she's collecting from winning <laughs> best actress and best supporting actress roles just keeps on growing, and she's got plenty of time. So, yeah, I think I, if I'm rooting for an underdog, it's got to be Cruz or Stewart. But Nicole Kidman, I, I can see why the Academy would get there and why they want Nicole Kidman at their show.
1: Sure, I if I'm picking. What like I like all of them as actresses. Uh, if I'm picking one that I would like to win, it'd be Kristen Stewart just because... Or Jessica Chastain. They're both awesome. They're all awesome. Um, I feel like I really like Kristen Stewart's just general vibes, which I think is possibly a hot take. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I, I like uh, when she rolls her eyes at people. It's very funny to me.
0: One of the... Um One of the question marks right after the nominations was, did Nina Arianda get snubbed here? Um, She plays Vivian Vance in Being the Ricardos. Um, Should she have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress, do you think?
1: Um, I think it's a really big field of very talented women every year, but especially this year. Um, I don't know. I feel like they have to include five people and I mean they included five and there's probably a list of 15 different actresses that they could have included that would have all been pretty pretty valid choices so I don't know if I would call it a snub but yeah like, she had a really good performance it would be cool if they expanded it a little but I, I don't know it's hard to be too mad when they have such a solid list of supporting actresses
0: yeah I think she was good but she wasn't the highlight of the movie. Like, she didn't steal scenes away from Nicole Kidman or anything like that. It was just... She had a solid performance, and part of asking whether somebody or not got snubbed is you have to take a look at the nomination list and see who uh, shouldn't have been nominated. And I think Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Buckley are both rightly nominated. Um, I still have yet to see West Side Story and King Richard, Um but I think the person that, if she did get nominated, would have to be Judy Dench getting knocked off. Um, I haven't seen Belfast yet, but I did hear she was in it for like eight minutes or something. It was like a really short cameo <laughs> type of role for, for Dame Judy Dench, who is, again, I'm going to keep coming back to this already a very decorated actress. So, playing the role of granny. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, ran. My
1: only real nit to pick is that I feel like J.K. Simmons did less in the movie and was less impactful than Nina Ariando was. So, yeah. So, like, if we're doing a one-to-one, like, I would like her to be in instead of J.K. Simmons, but they're not the same category, so tough look for us.
0: Yeah, J.K. Simmons was comic relief um, <laughs> as much as he could be. It was a, it was a very good spot for him, like... That role was really well written for for JK. But, um, yeah, I'm pushing this year for people who haven't won anymore because I'm tired of people waiting for years and years, like Kirsten Dunst, to finally get a nomination um, instead of having a bunch of retreads, which I'm a little worried that people like Olivia Coleman and Nicole Kidman are... uh, just automatic bids no matter what they do um kind of like meryl streep but we need some fresh blood you know we need a penelope cruz we need an Anjou ellis we need a jesse buckley just new people to bring new eyes to the oscar ceremony um yeah that, that's all i got on being the ricardo that was a good movie three and a half out of five stars from me on letterboxd if you're into that
1: yeah, I put it, I don't have Letterboxd, but I'd say four out of five. Um, it was just a really good, really competent movie. Um, it was a story I wasn't familiar with that,
0: that I felt was competently told, and the acting was good. So, You heard it here first, Being the Ricardos, nearly perfect movie according to Roger <laughs> Brandsitter Just one star off. Um, so for the the rest of the show, um, especially if people haven't seen Being the Ricardos yet, I hope we didn't spoil too much for you. I don't think we really spoiled anything. Um, but I wanna talk about the upcoming month uh, cause it's just absolutely ape shit insane. I feel like I keep on seeing a new thing that's going to be um, streaming content wise or something that people can have eyeballs on over the entirety of March. There's not a shortage of things for you to watch so I don't think people will be um, complaining. So this next portion we are calling the Ides of March. Uh, it is not named after the Ryan Gosling movie, but it is. <laughs> the inspiration is taken from there. So let's let's start at the top of the week. So let's just break it down by, um, by week in the month of March here. So we'll go through March 2nd through the 7th, cause that's when I have some things written down. Um, so on March 2nd, we have West Side Story appearing on Disney Plus along with Drive My Car on HBO, which is uh, really great both of those are nominated for best picture we have some other nominations within there as well like um the aforementioned ariana DeBose for west side story um drive my car i honestly i'm really excited to watch that and i'm glad it's going on hbo because i think uh it's, it's like just before oscar voting closes um Trying to I'm googling really quick. The I have no idea. Oh, the deadline to cast electronic votes might have already passed. That would be um, oh, that's, bonkers. Unless, that's for nominations. Okay. Um I was gonna say they just came out. Anyway, I, I think it's like two or three weeks before the Academy Awards that they stop for the wins. So people will see Drive My Car and they will see West Side Story and we'll have a pretty good pretty good weekend here. Uh, next up on March 3rd this is definitely not for me but I put it on here because I know a lot of people were interested in the whole Tiger King story is the uh, Joe vs Carol on Peacock Carol is played by Kate McKinnon Joe Exotic is played by somebody I have no idea um, I don't mean to sound so dismissive of this show but it's it's a Tiger King live action show on Peacock March 3rd there you go uh, and Probably the biggest prize of the weekend. We finally get Matt Reeves' Batman on March 4th.
1: I have some notes on this. There was a Ringer article today about this movie uh, with comparisons to some various uh, works of fiction and in real life. So here's things that this Batman movie has been compared to. Um, So it's been compared... uh, Robert Pattinson said it's like 70s noir... Uh, It's been referenced to David Fincher, like serial and real fictional killer movies. It's been compared to Taxi Driver. It's been compared to Alfred Hitchcock and The Godfather. So I think that uh, some expectations for this are running pretty high,
0: (laughs) given all of those things. Uh, I'm definitely going to see this. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, this is probably going to be my birthday movie. Um, the, it, <laughs> I, I'm looking right now to see if the um, the reviews are out for it. Um, I guess the reviews will probably come out the week it drops. But, yeah, that I mean, that sounds great and all. It does sound a little bit like director bullshit once again. Um, like, this movie is a combination of The French Connection and Seven and Fight Club (laughs) The (laughs) Godfather and Taxi Driver got me like okay
1: (laughs) we get it you think it's really good
0: I I swear (laughs) to god every every like thriller or movie they stylize after 70s and 80s cinema is like this movie is Taxi Driver (laughs) or this (laughs) it's like we just went through this with Joker um so I, I think that's pretty funny but that'll probably be a pretty dope movie to watch uh our Pat, Zoe Kravitz, who I'll talk about later. Um, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, Jeffrey Wright, Annie Serkis. It is going to be a hell of a ride. Matt Reeves, uh, if you've watched any of his other movies, uh, he did a great job with like The Planet of the Apes, which is like a really kind of like hard sci-fi series. He did a really good job with it. Uh, Cloverfield. He handled, he's handled that series, so n- now The Batman, it'll, if this is good, it'll probably spawn a trilogy. Um, also dropping that weekend, if you don't feel like going to the theaters just yet, um, our guy Sebastian Stan is starring in a new movie called Fresh. Uh, I watched the trailer because uh, I thought it looked interesting, and he was posting on Instagram about it being certified Fresh. Uh, it looks like a dark comedy. Uh, it's going to be streaming on Hulu. Uh, It looks like it's a dark comedy, but a guy who meets a girl and the guy ends up being like a serial killer or something like that.
1: The horrors of modern dating are seen through the eyes of a young woman who is battling to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites. (laughs) Incredible. Good work, Google.
0: (laughs) I I have a feeling, based on the trailer, that it doesn't have to do with sexual appetites a variety
1: or? fresh trailer sebastian stan plays a cannibal okay so this is gonna at least be interesting <laughs>
0: no i i haven't watched the uh, pam and tommy show yet but i'm really excited to see what sebastian stan does when he's not playing the muted winter soldier in marvel properties um i haven't gotten to see a lot of his range as an actor he's on gossip girl allegedly uh I can't say I caught all of Gossip Girl. Um, I am aware of him being on that show. Uh, also that weekend on Sunday, God damn it, HBO is probably going to do it again, and I'm so excited that this is coming out the first weekend of March. Uh, it's winning time. The Lakers um, live-action, for lack of a better term, biopic series, TV show um, about the Showtime Lakers. Uh, from back in the day, we're talking Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Russell Westbrook, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook, all the great Lakers, uh, Smush Parker. Um, yeah, this this show just looks great. The only bummer is I got really excited for this show. Once upon a time, um, oh, should mention it is a Adam McKay production, so that's another hopefully succession-like obsession for me, um, is there's no Bo Burnham as Larry Bird anymore, which I finally saw that and I was super bummed, because that's what got me very excited for it in the first place, is just to see our favorite tall boy play maybe the greatest white basketball player ever. Is um, Was
1: there a reason given for that, or did he just drop out, or was that
0: just hype? Well, my in-depth Wikipedia skills, uh, Found that he just dropped out because of scheduling. Huh. Um, I have a suggestion.
1: Uh, anyone who's watched Kroll Show uh, will know that Nick Kroll plays an excellent Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: they should honestly find some parts for Nick Kroll and John Mulaney in this. Like they got John C. <laughs> Riley, they sh- They might as well just make this uh, show with funny people who can play serious. I don't see a downside to that. I just want. The best for Nick Kroll and for him to be in a HBO series uh, would be fantastic. That would be absolutely elite. So that's March sixth, March seventh, my birthday, yay! There, there's nothing to stream there, but I, I'm excited for it. Um, March, <laughs> March eleventh. We're moving on into a, a fresh new week now. Um, The following Friday will be Turning Red, which is a Pixar film that will be in theaters and on Disney Plus. Actually, I should have checked to see if it would be premium access on Disney Plus. Um, Just because Pixar films are kind of event-like. It stars Sandra Oh, Um, I should have the other young actress who plays the main character in this, Rosalie Chiang. Um oh and Maitreya <laughs> Ramakrishna. Um she is in one of my <laughs> one of my streaming shows from the past year or so is never have I ever on Netflix, which is a big recommendation. Um, Turning Red is streaming March eleventh. Yeah. Um, directed Ghost. by Dami She. Uh, Sandra Oh is also in it. I, I think that would just that's just gonna be a good be at home, watch with the children, or watch with your significant other while you get stoned out of your mind or something. Kind of like Luca. I hadn't watched that yet, but they dropped that one on Disney Plus without any premium access, so. You just reminded me of a movie that we recently watched, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Ooh, recommendations and recents coming soon. Um, And also on March 11th, we have The Adam Project starring Ryan Reynolds on Netflix. Uh, I saw the trailer for this and it looks Pretty bad, but I have a season pass for Ryan Reynolds movies. Like, I'll just go and watch whatever he's in. Cause I don't care what people say. I think he's delightful, and um, even though, even if he's not quote a serious actor,
1: I don't know. I don't think that he need like he's not trying to be a serious actor.
0: <laughs> well, he, I mean, he's done some like drama like roles and some serious stuff like. Buried or... Van Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, Van Wilder and waiting and just cult classic dramas.
1: I I feel like Deadpool was apex Ryan Reynolds casting. Like, that was the perfect role for him. And yeah, I don't... It's hard for me to see him as, like, a dramatic actor, though I'm sure he can do it. And he's dramatically handsome, so that helps.
0: I mean, the first thing (laughs) I've ever seen him in is the... um, House on Haunted Hill? Is that the movie? or? What? Yeah, that movie's messed up. <laughs> no, not House on Haunted Hill. What is that one? The movie is messed up, though. Amityville. That's it. It was ah. Amityville. Um, that, <laughs> that movie fucked me up for a while. I was very young when I saw it. Um, and I did not think Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds was charming in that movie. He scared me. Um, <laughs> oh, also coming up. Uh, I don't think on the weekend... Let me get my trusty calendar up here. Um, the March Madness Tournament will be starting mid-March. I have it as March 13th, but that's a Sunday. I think that's a lie. Um, I think the play games might be Sunday, and then the first games would be a Tuesday. Okay, so that's where I got that I'm from. I'm completely guessing, but I feel like that seems right. Well, at any rate, you can block off this week... Um, unless you are very interested on March 15th, which I have written down here, this is just exclusively for me and maybe, like, four other people, is that Young Rock season two comes out, uh, on NBC. No. (laughs) Hey, it was a good (laughs) show. Check his Rotten Tomatoes score. It's actually rated pretty well, but it's only really for people who are, like, a fan of The Rock and not, like, for somebody who's looking for good television to watch. Um... But March Madness, the first few rounds, to me at least, are the most fun. So that will be a good week uh, to watch March Madness. And then next Thursday, it's just about fucking time. Like, I'm so excited for this. This might be the thing I'm most excited for on this entire list. More so than my birthday. And that's (laughs) the season three double episode premiere of Atlanta. We finally have fucking atlanta back it's been like four years since we watched season two and i've watched the atlanta series probably like the first two seasons at least three times by now it's in the meantime
1: the best television show on tv when it's on so i'm stoked i'm uh hopeful that there's more or er- uh, earned this season just because i really like donald glover but uh The way season two went, I would take whatever they want to throw. Like, that show rules. It's so good.
0: Yeah, season two ended uh, with them going with Paperboy on tour, I think. Like, doing a European tour. And it seemed like they were filming in London a lot. Or, like, they were in Europe doing some filming for this series. So I think we'll at least get a couple episodes there. Um I mean, it can't be all, though, because it's called Atlanta for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, all their
1: stars have risen. Like, real. Like, Brian Tyree Henry and Lakeith Stanfield are both, like, bona fide stars now, whereas I don't know that they necessarily were for seasons one and two. At least at the level where it's, like, they're getting cast as the leads in movies or TV shows. I mean, Brian Tyree Henry is a,
0: is a freaking Marvel guy now. That's wild. Yeah, they're honestly they're almost too big for a tv show now um even though a lot of actors and stars are going back to tv but at least they're too big for a series not necessarily the um the one-off miniseries that a lot of great actors are doing now like brian tyree henry as you mentioned is an eternal now he's in the marvel hive zazie beats and lakeith stanfield were just in the harder they fall uh Black Cowboy Western on Netflix which I thought was pretty cool it was a neat movie Um, and Lakeith Stanfield is just getting also nominated for uh, acting awards Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah still so much robbery happening around that movie that movie was fucking great ah Um, then also that Friday will be and this movie is probably for, for me and my girlfriend and anybody else who just likes to have a dumb date movie night it's uh the lost city starring sandra bullock Channing tatum and brad pitt and i don't mean dumb movie night as in all of that i mean dumb movie i love our movie nights babe um (laughs) (laughs) i mean dumb movies just to laugh at that you don't have to take so seriously and like sandra bullock i'll watch anything that she's in she's she's on there with the the ryan reynolds list of people i have a season pass for and brad pitt obviously
1: the movie looked dumb to me, but it I can't argue with that cast.
0: That looks great. <laughs> if it's... I can't really remember if it's streaming for any service, but if it's streaming somewhere, like, fuck yeah, I'll pop that on. Like, that's no problem. Um, also, that same weekend is uh, our favorite um, turn-of-the-century sex addicts coming back to Netflix, Season 2 of Bridgerton. I don't know if you watch watched that, Roger. I haven't. Um, I... They have not <laughs> good uh that one came out in the throes of the winter during the pandemic and i think that people just were inside and they needed something to put on in this movie featured or movie this series uh shonda rhimes who you know from a lot of other shit like uh, a little show called Grey's anatomy have you heard of it um and only this time they get to actually show the sex. So that's basically what the show is. Um, I'll watch Bridgerton season two because I, I liked season one. Wait, how much sex do they show? I might be into this <laughs> show now. Honestly, a little bit too much. Like <laughs> All <right>. they linger—it's <laughs> that they linger on the sex scenes for like twenty seconds too long. That it's awkward. Like if you're watching with somebody, it gets to a point where it's just like, is this almost done with? There. <laughs> They're really going at it here. Um, We're going to have to pot at some point uh, or just have a a
1: sidebar about our most awkward movie watching experiences because I got a couple doozies.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I'm trying to think of an awkward movie situation. Um, Anyway, all boils down to the last two things coming out here for March Um, in the last week. And of course there are probably things that we're missing, but these are strictly in or around our interests, and that is, of course, the Academy Awards show on March 27th, that Sunday, um, so we'll be tuning in for that. We'll definitely be having more podcasts leading up to it and following that, uh, and then after the Academy Awards, which I know everybody who listens to this podcast is going to watch, um, that coming Wednesday, we get new Marvel programming on Disney+, Plus as Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, finally, after a very long stretch of no Loki. um, Mm. Oh, yeah, no, Hawkeye was in between there.
1: (laughs) Yep, no Loki, you're right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also no Loki. It was still too long. Not enough Florence Pugh in the Hawkeye series. That's my only note. Um, Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight drops on Infinity Plus. March 30th, and there's still one more day on March 31st. If anybody wants to drop anything there, oh my God, that's your foot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me and Roger are just playing footsie in the studio. No big deal. I've um, got
1: to say, I didn't know that Moon Knight was a series. I thought from the Super Bowl commercial that it was a movie. So I'm more intrigued in this or for this now because I wasn't probably going to see it in theaters.
0: Yeah, this this March is like the. March of the Batman archetype, too, because obviously we have Bruce Wayne and Batman in a movie at the beginning of the month, but then at the end of the month, we close it off with I don't want to say Marvel's Batman knockoff, but definitely Marvel's not as cool as Batman superhero who basically does the same type of things. Like he's a guy who puts on a mask and fights crime at night. The only difference is that Moon Knight. They may be going for the split personality angle here with him, and, like, I think he dons the Moon Knight apparel or wardrobe costume, whatever you want to call it, and, like, doesn't remember, like, what he did or, like, the Moon Knight takes over or something like that. I don't know. It sounds like a Hulk situation there. So what happens
1: me. when I put on my beer-drinking pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just forget what happens. I black out for two hours watching Bridgerton and i solve crimes oh yes all from the <laughs> comfort of our own homes um so yeah uh looking at this list i already said i think i'm most excited for atlanta seasons three uh but what are you most excited for
1: it's atlanta of this list it's atlanta um i'm excited just to watch the academy awards um, given the focus of this podcast and some of the spreadsheets around movies that i've created otherwise like the start of the month to get two best picture nominations on March 2nd on streaming particularly West Side Story on Disney plus uh, I'm stoked for because Disney plus will stream it in 4k and I have a big ass 4k TV and I'm real excited to watch our guy Steven Spielberg uh, and see what he
0: does with the Jets and the Sharks. I can't wait to talk more about Steven Spielberg movies in the future so we definitely are gonna have like a whole Steven Spielberg. Uh, podcast because we talked about how he's been nominated, or his movies have been nominated for Best Picture, I believe, for the past like five decades. He's had one at least every decade, so um, we'll definitely want to tackle that. Um, I I think I'm just most excited for The Batman as far as movies go. Um, Atlanta Season 3 for TV. Uh, Of course, I'm excited for those streaming options on that weekend as well. Um, I'm excited for your birthday. It's going to be real fun. <laughs> I just like going to the movie theater. I, I hope everybody I know in Madison can come watch The Batman with me and eat popcorn and go to Flick's Brewhouse, my favorite theater in Madison, because uh, they serve beer. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's go to recommendations and recents. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching and... Whether or not we recommend it, uh, some of the stuff I have a light recommendation and some of it I have a heavy recommendation. So, uh, do you want to start with yours or should I go?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm going to see if I can think of more while you're talking. Um, but we just watched Encanto on uh, Disney Plus. It is nominated for and will likely win unless Luca was really good. Uh, best animated feature. Uh, so, we watched that on Disney Plus. Uh, I don't feel like it's Pixar's best, but I feel like Pixar's best are among the better movies you can watch. So, I don't know. Uh, if you like the Disney-ish, pixar type of movie, um, or just looking for something that's a lighter watch that maybe isn't, like, a big bummer or a... Like, I like The Last Duel a great deal, but, like, if I'm picking between two movies and I, it's between Last Duel and Encanto... One of those is definitely an easier watch. <laughs> so
0: It's the last duel, right?
1: Um, I guess it depends how you feel about Bleach Blonde Facial Hair. Um, I don't know. Encanto is really good. I recommend that to anyone.
0: I feel like I should check that out because of the best animated picture nomination. I just have a really fucking hard time watching animated movies or like getting myself motivated to do so.
1: So I will say that this was one of the wittier. Pixar movies that I've seen in quite some time. Um, They're just a bunch of dumb, not dumb, but they were not like a joke doesn't have to be really smart to make me laugh. Like if it's just some witty snotty or just otherwise smart-alecky thing that someone says uh, this movie is full of that and it was pretty enjoyable. (laughs)
0: I'll have to check that out. I like just watched Inside Out like a week or two ago. Which is like apparently a, a very top-tier Pixar movie, but it that just goes to show you how long it takes me to get to some of these animated films, because I think that one came out in like 2018.
1: It was a while ago. I just <laughs> saw Louis Black, the guy who plays Anger, uh, doing stand-up.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot Louis Black plays the pissed-off Red Man. He swears
1: that. more um, in his set
0: than he does oh. in, him, in uh, Inside Out. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird. They had so many bleeps in that movie. Um, so for my recents and recommendations, I'm going to start with uh, the ones I just have brief, brief thoughts on um, that I watched with uh, Morgan over the past couple weeks. Um, I Want You Back, which is a movie on Amazon Prime. It stars Charlie Day, um, Jenny Slate, uh, Scott Eastwood, and Gina Rodriguez. Uh, basically... Charlie Day and um, Jenny Slate, of course, the two funny ones, they they get broken up with by the other two attractive, very attractive people, although I'll say Jenny Slate's very hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At Jenny Slate, come on Real Dads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but they try to make it seem like, oh, she's just the funny girl. Uh, anyway, they try to get their uh, significant others back after they break up with them, which... It was a fine movie. It provided a good amount of laughs. If you have Amazon Prime, I recommend watching it. If you don't, I don't recommend getting the service just to watch this movie. It's, like...
1: That would be I, insane. That's, I, like, I,
0: <laughs> 120 bucks a year. I, it is insane, but, like, for uh, movies on, like, HBO or something, mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, get HBO just to watch this one specific thing. It's worth <laughs> it. Not Amazon. Um the other one is "Marry Me," uh, which was in theaters a little bit. That one came out on uh, Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, that also appeared on shit. Was it HBO or Hulu? One of the two. Um, one of the H's. It was. <laughs> it was Jennifer Lopez and um, Owen Wilson. Who uh, I like. I like Jennifer Lopez in a lot of shit. Like mm-hmm. she's very good. Owen Wilson is very good in a lot of things that he does this movie is the premise is incredibly hard to wrap your head around like it's almost too insane but it was it was a fine watch um grab some snacks grab some popcorns grab your significant other and just be wowed for a couple hours it's fine we can all do this together So, if you want, check that out. My big recommendation, and this is the one I will tell people to get fucking HBO Max for, is to watch Kimmy on HBO uh, starring Zoe Kravitz. So, if you want a little ZK action before she plays Catwoman in the Batman, you should... (laughs) That that did make it sound like it was a fucking fraternity. ZK! Check that out. New Steven Soderbergh. He is of course, absolutely in his bag in this movie with the camera work, the direction. Uh, The story itself is super interesting and super prescient to this time. So it may need a trigger warning um, just because it's it's like about a a agoraphobic woman during the pandemic who like, not only has a hard time leaving her house, but all of the other things that come with that is just much more difficult for her to do uh, but that one Kimmy, Steven Soderbergh has out there if you like Steven Soderbergh's movies from just Oceans to High Flying Bird to uh, what's the one that came out last year with Benicio Don Cheadle No Sudden Move, that's it if you like those you'll fucking love Kimmy I gave that 4.5 out of 5 stars I got one more
1: recommendation, which uh, will either... So the following sentence is either going to discredit or uh, end credit me. I don't know. Uh, So I am a big... Traditionally a very big Kanye West fan. Not his crazy, uh, Trumpy, mega, red hat bullshit. Uh, And he's been obviously acting pretty... Psychotic? Erratically uh, in the past... Abusive. Oh, oh, for, yeah. Anyway, so all of this aside, there uh, is a documentary called Genius, uh, J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S dash on Netflix. Um, that so Katie's not a Kanye f- fan. Like she does, she think she correctly thinks that he's an asshole and does not necessarily love his music. But we sat down and watched this, um, and she was as interested and wants to keep watching this documentary which is a three-parter on netflix to the same degree that she wanted to keep watching um get back about the beatles her favorite artist slash band of all time so uh it's really well put together um i think if you are not uh in the kanye hive it might be enlightening to show like why the people that are like him so much and so fiercely it's Really good, and uh, I'm really excited for parts two and three.
0: Should, yeah, I am should, a should be out today or tomorrow, and then next week. I would say I'm a former Kanye fan of like just music and persona combined. I just like his earlier stuff better, um, and it, he got he's gotten a little weird. Um, but <laughs> like, if if you just enjoy good documentaries, it's nice to be able to put on a a good documentary. I'm looking, I gotta add this to my watch list too, because you reminded me of it. Uh, Also nominated for Best uh, Documentary Did I say documentary before? I meant to say documentary. (laughs) Is The Summer of Soul documentary um, that's uh, directed by Questlove from The Roots. Uh, That one's on Disney Plus and Hulu. Um, So Genius, Summer of Soul, have yourself a good music documentary um, weekend, you know?
1: Yeah. The one part about Genius that's cool is, uh, well, all of it, but, like, so it's Kanye before he blows up for at least the first episode, and he's just, like, walking around Chicago, walking around New York, and he's interacting with other artists of that time, and it's just like, oh, wow, he... Yeah, is going to end up being like the first or second most famous person in this room depending on how you feel about jay-z and everyone's just like looking down at him or dismissing him it's it's wild and then there's like tons of those contemporary artists of the time that just show up and like just bounce through the frame it's it's really interesting
0: i'll have to i don't maybe in a a little while i'll i'll check it out i'd just feel a little weird about giving it that boost right now, just giving whatever's going on. Um, I'm not sure that Kanye's affiliated with it, other than being the
1: subject of it.
0: Oh Well, in that case, um, maybe that's just something to check out. I would like to watch it and see if there's any sort of... Oh, never mind, he's a producer. (laughs) Uh, Whoops. I I would (laughs) like to see if there's any sort of prior... uh, like flags that kind of show you, like his narcissism, because I, I think that happens with actors and the roles they pick sometimes. Like, I, I think of Kevin Spacey quite frequently in this regard, in that, like, uh, whether that's Kaiser Soze or being the guy from American Beauty. No, not, well, American Beauty, too, but that one, um, House of Cards, that's it. Uh, He's kind of Trying to tell us who he was <laughs> for a while. Um, 21, too, a little bit. Yeah, or like <laughs> Chris Delia, like in You. Um, I, I haven't watched that show at all, but apparently he played like a pedophile or something, and he's been disgustingly like trying to groom 16 year old girls or teenage girls or whatever in real life. So it's like, I'm not comparing Kanye to a pedophile. <laughs> But I want to see if there's any sort of Kanye, uh, come on real dads (laughs) Kanye, you got a minute We will drop this episode exclusively on your streamer Or whatever that device is The STEM player The STEM player (laughs) Not the science, technology, um, engineering, mathematics player any other recommendations? I, I could go through my letterbox feed, but I, I think I hit all the things that I wanted to discuss.
1: Um, I don't have a lot else. I'm still working on a lot of the Oscar pictures. I think the next one that I'm going to hit is probably Spencer. Uh, it seems like a fun watch. It knocks out a Best Actress nomination, and it's
0: on Hulu. Yeah, that's another one I have to get to. Since we've podcasted last, I can't remember when, if we got to the if i had gotten to the power of the dog by the time we did our last podcast but i've watched that nightmare alley and being the ricardo's since then so i think it's wise to probably check out spencer or like a tick tick boom and get myself prepared to hit the theater in march fuck yeah I'm so excited
1: i'm excited for a tick tick boom Little
0: andy garfield <laughs> he's had a great year shout out to andrew garfield um Andrew Garfield, come on Real Dads. (laughs) Come on Real Dads. This episode's dropping on the STEM player, though, so we'll hook you up with one, though. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Um, It ran a little bit longer than we have been the past couple times, so sorry for that, but thanks for sticking with us. Um, If you want to follow me on Letterboxd to check out what I'm watching, um, you can reach me there at Jordan underscore Smith 27. So far, with my movie viewing this year, this is mostly incidental, um, but I have watched 70 films this year. How many days did I say? 69. No, that was 69 (laughs) movies. The movies. I'm going to check how many days have been in the month. This is just fucking great. 31 plus 23. Live content on the podcast. So 54 days. So I am like... 16 movies ahead of schedule of watching at least one movie a day. That's wild. Take some PTO. I mean, you know what? It's gonna it's gonna taper off as soon as it gets nicer out, but it's my activity right now. Uh, Roger, where can we find you? You can find me
1: on Twitter, uh, probably subtweeting Vladimir Putin uh, at uh, Raj underscore Podge. Uh, and that's kind of the only platform for socials that I really go on, so you can Find me on there. Uh, tweet any movie suggestions at me, or if you have any other suggestions as to who should come on Real Dads, go ahead and tweet it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've had any thoughts throughout this podcast that you were just like, hey, I want to address that, or I want to add my two cents into it, just come and have a conversation with us. It's, I mean, pretty fucking chill, dude. So uh, hit us up. Uh, I want to thank producer Atlas for producing and recording this podcast for us today. And we'll catch you later, movie nerds.